Welcome in. It's the Monday edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. Once again, joined by Kevin Cole. We're going to be talking about some immediate takeaways from week two NFL action. And then we're going to get you previewed for this NFC North uh, showdown between the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. Two teams looking for their first win here on Monday Night Football. But first, Kevin, it was kind of a crazy week two. From my perspective, I did think a lot of the young quarterback struggled pretty handedly here uh what were some of your immediate reactions to what you saw happening in week two yeah i think it was not only the young quarterbacks but just about everyone was struggling early in the early (laughs) slate in particular and then we had all these great games in the late slate so um it was a somewhat of a continuation of these power centers that we're seeing within the nfl especially in both of the western divisions um the the Seahawks couldn't couldn't hold up their end of the dominance there, but other than that, right. the the two the, everyone in that division has won every single game this so far this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess going back to it a little bit with the quarterback situations, obviously a lot of people didn't play very well. Is there anybody that you're more concerned about than others, or is there a guy that you still kind of buy into despite the fact that he hasn't really shown anything? Guys like you know Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, two people that you know drafted really highly. Do you expect them to be able to show? Uh, any semblance of productive play here in the rookie season, or is it a spot where you're kind of not really too interested in backing them from a betting perspective? Yeah, I guess I'm not that interested in either one. I mean, there's just been a lot of turnover. I mean, I would assume that Lawrence, maybe there's a bit more stability there as far as the pieces around him on offense. So that could help going forward, but I don't think I'm overly concerned about either one of them. I know a lot of people are going to point to, the interceptions in particular, the interceptions for Wilson today. And I saw some commentary about how maybe the jets had messed up, not having a credible veteran backup for him, someone that they could turn to, but I don't think that anything like that is necessary at this point. I mean, as long as they're not getting injured out there. And I think Wilson took a sack today, but he didn't, he, he wasn't rocked like he was in week one. So as long as he's not getting injured out there, he's making mistakes. I think in some ways, Um, I'm not that overly concerned about it as long as he's being aggressive and continuing to play. And it's not like this Jets team was really a team that was going to compete this year anyway. Right, definitely. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. So I do think there are basically, there have been uh, what I would say is kind of three surprising teams from not only a betting perspective, but also winning outright to start the season. Uh, the Raiders, I would say, the Panthers as well, and then the Denver Broncos. Are you buying into any one of these teams actually contending uh, for a playoff spot here toward the end of the season? Or do you think they're all going to start off hot and probably kind of fade uh, as we move through the rest of the regular season? I mean, I was pretty positive on the Broncos, uh, even before the season started, they really had all the pieces in place other than the quarterback play. So Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater was one of the best quarterbacks in week one. He had a pretty good game this week and wasn't fantastic, but he didn't necessarily have to do a lot um, against the Jaguars this week. So I think I'm buying them. And when it comes to the Raiders, they're just a strange team because it's been one of these situations where you could probably point to some similarities between Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford in the way that having awful defenses for such a long period of time, but yet people have been so high on Stafford and what he can do. And people don't really seem to cut any slack to Carr for that fact. So when he gets some decent defensive performances, now he's able to win some games. Although I'm not saying that the Steelers are necessarily a powerhouse offense that any defense has to stop. 
Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you on basically all those counts. It is interesting because I do think uh, from like a betting market perspective, the team that we were most off market was was the Las Vegas Raiders in the offseason. I do think we really liked their six and a half game win total all the way up to seven when it got up there. But we also had them, you know, finishing really high in the AFC West, probably the second best team in our simulation results as well. So I think at least through two games, that feels correct. And I do think that the betting market was probably just a little bit low on what they would expect from Derek Carr at this point in time. But we will see. Any final final takeaways from week week two? Anything that really jumps out to you at this point in time? Or is it time to move on to Monday Night Football? Yeah, I mean, I think there were a, a handful of teams that needed to win. Um, it seems it, there's not really a quote-unquote must win in week two. But I think seeing the Browns win, seeing Baker Mayfield looks like he avoided a long-term injury, um, that was something where they're going to keep close, at least to Kansas City. And then seeing the Buffalo Bills with a thorough victory. I know that Tua wasn't there for a lot of it, but that was still a spanking no matter who was in there. And that was really a game that Buffalo needed to win after losing in week one. They would have been down not only a couple of games to the Dolphins, but they would have been down in their division a lot to, to, to the new England and to Miami. So I think that was a big victory for the bills to keep them on schedule, to continue to be one of those top tier AFC teams. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you 100% on that. I was excited for that Bills-Dolphins matchup. Obviously, the matchup itself didn't live up to expectation. I do think a lot of that has to do with Tua, but I do think the Dolphins are going to be in quite a bit of trouble if that is a multi-week rib injury for Tua Tag Viola. So I do think, you know, if you're looking at betting uh, some spots, I do think maybe fading the Dolphins, expecting Tua to potentially be uh, out for a couple of weeks, I do think is probably a justifiable play at this point in time. But we will move on. We got Lions-Packers Monday Night Football. 11 and a half point spread. This has moved a little bit toward the lines at this point in time. I do think people think, you know, the Dan Campbell led lines are going to be scrappy. Obviously backdoor covered last week at this point in time. Are you getting involved at all in this spread on Monday night football, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, it's just a little big for my, for my taste. Although if I was to lean one direction, I think I would be leaning towards the Packers here, honestly. I I don't have a lot of faith in the Lions. I know that you mentioned how they came back last week, but um, I'm not necessarily that impressed when a team is getting stomped on that thoroughly and then they end up coming back that that, that kind of way. And 11 and a half points, you know, it seems like a lot, but you know, the, the, the Browns were 12 and a half, 13 and a half point favorites against the Texans, where you could argue that the Texans, while they have a pretty poor um, defense, I think, Terod Taylor gave them somewhat of a floor on offense and they actually had a win in week one. So, um, so I don't think 11 and a half points is a ton of points. And I think the Packers, if they can, would like to make a statement after that embarrassing week one result. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I do think this is a big spot for Green Bay, how they look in the, you know, how we kind of evaluate them in the betting market, but also how they're going to size up in the NFC for the rest of the season. If they don't really put it together, um, they got a big matchup staring down them heading to San Francisco next week on Sunday night football. Um, And then, you know, it obviously doesn't get a ton easier at that point in time, but they do play the Steelers after that. So I think if they don't really show a solid offensive performance, I do think there's going to be a number of question marks arising in Green Bay at this point in time. But one play that I kind of like 48 and a half point total I kind of like the under at this point in time I do expect Green Bay to kind of control this game get out early and then potentially run Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a healthy percentage of you know snaps in that second half are you feeling comfortable with the under at this point in time or is this another game where the Lions are going to get a little frisky toward the end probably not only cover but go over the total as well yeah I mean 48 and a half points isn't 
a low total when you consider that the Lions should have trouble scoring points. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's really tough for me and on, on this sort of one. So I'm not really going to mess with that too much, but I am interested maybe in what some of these individual players can do. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If a sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager requ- required, one, pu- one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. NFL Week 1 is in the books, which means PFF has data and grades for every single player who logged a snap last week. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tools, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop and so much more. Check out the highest graded players from week one and looks to find early value on spread picks and player props for week two. Right. Definitely with you on that. So there's a couple, you know, the PFF or PFF player prop tool does have a number of valuable options. What ones are jumping out to you at this point in time? What are maybe some of that you've already bet on uh, in this Lions Packers matchup? Yeah. I mean, there are a few players that I'm interested in. Um, more, more so on the green Bay side, although it's kind of tough to, to really look in either direction. I mean, it's, it's weird when I also do this, the showdown, the single game DFS analysis, and it seems to always like Marquez Valdez Scanling. And I know that mm-hmm. he's one of these things where <laughs> it's, it's just tough for anyone to get behind him, especially with the fact that Alan Lazard is going to be there. And then, you know, you have other guys like Randall Cobb who can take some, some snaps, but uh, some snaps and some uh, work there. But I feel like he's always a guy that I think could potentially go, go over. So he's someone that I might like there. Um, if you wanted to look in some other directions, I don't know if you wanted to look at Jared Goff and to see maybe he's going to throw a pick here. I think that could be an interesting one. If you wanted to go over on that, we saw a really an egregious interception by him in week one. He's, he's good for that. And he's going to be throwing a lot from behind. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. We actually, from the player props tool, we also do like Aaron Rodgers to throw an interception as well, plus 193. The Detroit Lions are the worst defense in the NFL, according to our opponent-adjusted grades, though, so maybe that's not really a spot unless you can get, you know, that plus 195, plus 200 price on Aaron Rodgers to throw a touchdown. Other than that, I'm probably not really buying into that one. A couple that I like, I want to get your thoughts on. Do you think Devontae Adams is involved enough throughout the whole game to go over seven and a half receptions at like a plus plus 115, plus 110 price. Do you think that's a, maybe a justifiable player in the player prop markets? And how are you kind of seeing him uh, in the showdown scenario as well? Yeah, it's interesting because he was, when he played last year, he was just dominant as far as 
the uh, the share that he got. It, it really there was no one else in the NFL who compared to him last week. It was kind of tough to judge anything that happened last week because of all the the mix up and everything else that that happened there. But that's a lot. And as you mentioned, they could probably run the ball a lot. And I think even with A.J. Dillon, they're going to be looking to run the ball and control things there. And as we saw um, last week, you know, Adams had a decent target share over 20 percent, but he wasn't close to the 30 percent that we had seen uh, in prior years. So, yeah, I think an under for his is definitely justifiable. Yep. Let's see it. Let's see it happen. Then, so one that I actually do really like quite a bit, I have bet this one already, Aaron Rodgers, over 2.5 passing touchdowns. You kind of touched on Marcus Valdez-Scantling a little bit earlier. If he gets deep loose, of course, he has that really high average depth of target. If he, you know, basically gets one deep shot, he's going to pay off his DFS salary. I also think that's going to help Aaron Rodgers go over uh, his passing touchdown prop. I am a little bit worried about game script. Like you said, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, if they get heavily involved in the second half, we could see Aaron Rodgers just fall a little bit short of his two and a half touchdown passes. But I do think uh, that idea is kind of baked into the market as well. So at plus 120, I don't mind playing Aaron Rodgers to go over those 2.5 pass touchdowns. That's, you know, the main thing I like. I do think Jared Goff potentially to go under uh, his passing yardage is probably um, a reasonable expectation at this point in time as well. I don't think that the, the Packers defense gets as much credit as they probably should. We have them eighth overall in our opponent adjusted grade. So maybe, uh, you know, Jared Goff struggles, doesn't necessarily have um, as much success in garbage time like he had in week one. So I do think that's a spot that you could potentially play under 258.5 on uh, Jared Goff's underpassing yard. So give me, give me one or two more that you really like, Kevin, from a player props perspective. And then let's talk just a little bit about some of the game theory elements you're seeing uh, in showdown. Yeah, I mean, one other one that I'll mention is um, probably going under on TJ Hawkinson. I know it's one that a lot of people are not going to like as far as going under his receiving yards because right. everyone's all over him. But I think he's just got a lot of hype after that first week. So I know he's got his line up over 50 now. And I think maybe there might be a little bit of value just fading the, the field here because if I'm the Green Bay Packers, he's the one guy that I'm going to want to stop. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I wasn't, I wasn't like, I mean, the thing is, is it was really hard to be like really high on TJ Hawkinson to just with where everyone else had them in relation yeah. to that, you know, fantasy football, ADP, those sort of situations. It was just like, it kind of got, you know, a little bit out of control from that perspective. There are a number of scenarios where the Detroit Lions are just a miserable offensive team and a miserable football team in 2021. So buying into players in that scenario is just something that I'm not really going to do. So I think at his cost where he was at in the offseason I do think he was probably a tough player to have a lot of exposure to at this point in time but how are you kind of seeing um you know the showdown perspective at this point in time right like who are you kind of liking in that captain spot is this a spot where you may be playing uh you know like the Packers defense in a flex position or are you probably trying to get as many offensive pieces as you can in your lineup yeah, I mean, it's not the most costly slate because of the fact that the Lions players are pretty cheap on here. Um, as far as some guys where there may be some value, I, mean, I think the Packers defense is going to be not much value there because everyone's going right. to have that. The Lions defense is somewhat interesting to me. If they get a turnover, if they get something fluky that ends up happening there, uh, they're barely going to be rostered, I don't. Th I think. So I think that could be an interesting flex play. And another kind of contrarian play would be Khalif Raymond since he was not running a ton of routes out there last 
week, but he should be somewhat involved. And then if you look at the salaries they have here for all the different players, I mean, he's one of the top salaries that they have for a wide receiver. I think he's the top salary that they have for the for a wide receiver for the for the Detroit Lions. So I think everyone's going to say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to pass on Raymond. I'll maybe go for someone like Amon Ross St. Brown or some or again, TJ Hawkinson. Everyone's going to be piling into there. So if he can get a touchdown, if he can get a big play, he's another guy where Again, for these showdown slates, it's a lot about fading the sentiment. The sentiment's going to be so overwhelmingly on the Packers here that any exposure you can get to some, you know, pick out one or two Lions players you might like and then build some Packers uh, studs around them. Yeah, definitely. And I like and I like that quite a bit. And I do think this game kind of sets up interesting because we already know who's going to be the most popular Detroit Lions players, right? Like it's obviously yeah. going to be TJ Hawkinson. It's obviously going to be DeAndre Swift, right? So maybe not moving away from those two and just pivoting slightly from like DeAndre Smith to Jamal Williams or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's maybe uh, the correct approach if you're trying to get some of that Lions exposure into your roster? Yeah, I think I think that's not bad. Although I think Williams will also be somewhat popular so again um some of these receivers where people are just not looking at them at all (laughs) for for the lions Mm -hmm. receivers i think those can also be um interesting options yeah somebody's got to catch the ball for detroit it might not be tj hawkinson if it's not we're gonna see some lions receivers i don't mind amon ross st brown as well Um, yeah Yeah, he's a lot cheaper he's a lot cheaper so i think he'll be a lot higher he'll be higher roster but i still think that he could be he could be a value there yeah, I do agree with you on that. So we will see. We got, you know, it's not the best of Monday Night Football matchups, but it is football at this point in time. We'll take what we can get. I do think going under 48 and a half, Aaron Rodgers over 2.5 passing touchdowns, and then getting in some of, you know, Kevin's great showdown plays is going to be the way to make some profit here on Monday night. So make sure you check out all the great content at pff.com. Check out the player props tool, Green Line, all the great showdown content that Kevin does as well. Appreciate you guys listening to the PFF betting podcast.